Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. This podcast provides support for school leaders, educators, and parents. We share and discuss evidence-based resources that are embedded in social and emotional learning to meet the needs of students who struggle focusing and learning. Teachers and parents find information and strategies to improve students' academic, behavioral, and social-emotional performance. It's time to turn kids from I can't into I can. Welcome to Student Success Beyond Expectations. Today, we bring you Master Rich Grogan. Why is he a master? Yes. He, ha- he is a six-degree black belt, but you know something? He's mastered his own demons in his own world and his own mind since he was a child. Do you have a child who often thinks that they're not good enough? Do they compare themselves to others? Well, don't we do that as adults sometimes too, right? Well, Rich found himself as an eight, nine-year-old boy and has he framed himself to be was a poor farm boy. And he went to school thinking everybody had chores and everybody had to milk a cow. And he found out that no, not a lot of people have cows that they're milking and chores and having to break out ice and throwing those ice storms so the horses can walk. Uh, he's His upbringing was a lot different than those around him. So in speaking with Rich, I'm finding that he compared himself to others in a different way that some of our kids who struggle learning, he compared himself as, well, gee, everybody's like me. We're not thinking, oh, I'm the one who's different. He then realized within his environment that yes, his experiences were different and his work ethic and values were different than those around him. And then that later on transformed into a vengeance, a vengeance of he's gonna prove himself. He's gonna prove himself worthy that, you know, he's going to turn his own I can't into I can, but his approach may or may not have been in his best interest. So Rich is going to tell you a bit about his story. And this might be an episode, parents, educators, that you want to share with your own children or your own students, because it's going to have a lot of heart in it. It's going to share with you his why and how bullying has become such a center of his universe and his message now he's got books one of them is being bully proof of him talking to himself as an older you know an adult right uh and then talking to his younger self wouldn't it be great if we had that hindsight well rich is going to share that hindsight with you and with ever and whoever you decide to share this episode with so if bullying is something that's on your radar then you want to continue to listen. So welcome, Rich. Well, greetings, greetings. Uh, thank you, Lisa, for that wonderful intro. I'm just like, man, oh man, making me feel good about myself here. And uh, I love I the, sure. uh, I can't, uh, I, yeah, I can't. What is that? Who, whoever came up with that word? I can, baby. And something we would talk about at our martial arts academy all the time. And that's just that power of I can, I will, and I am. Kind of that belief in yourself to not only believe it, but eliminate those negative thoughts. So you kind of push yourself to willingness. I'm going to do it. And then I am doing it. And, oh, man, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we are going to revisit that. Um, we're going to <clears throat> revisit the strategies on how to change those negative thoughts 
thoughts. But first, I really want you to share your story with us and where it where you came from and where you are now. Tell us about that, your journey. Sure. Uh, well, as, as you mentioned, I, I grew up um, a, a poor farm boy, and that was one of the many ways that kids would pick at me when I was uh, uh, younger. Now, in grade school, it wasn't so bad, but when middle school rolled around, that's when it really kicked in. And I find that's when the worst bullying really takes shape is in middle school for boys and girls because of puberty, hormonal changes, everything else is going on then. And kids really start to find uh, the differences between one another. And uh, you've got the, well, the populars, and then you got the others. And it seems like the, the, the group of the populars, the, well, my, my parents would call them, my dad would call them the city boys uh, would all, there's nothing wrong with the, the city boys, but the city boys seem to, uh, I don't know, live in the nicer neighborhoods. They had the nicer uh, um, shoes and everything else. And th it was one of those things. And it's not that the kids in middle school or high school or any form bullies, bullying is a behavior. It's not a person. And what I mean by that is it's choice. So they chose to do it. And if nothing's done to stop it, then the bullying is going to continue because it's almost like if uh, um, behavior that's rewarded is repeated. So what I mean by rewarded is if it's not deemed inappropriate or wrong or nothing's done to stop it, well, it must be okay. So I'm going to keep doing it. So I always like to bring that up because oftentimes, and I've been guilty too, of pointing fingers saying, oh, that bully's bad. Well, that's a kid. That's a person. They're making poor choices, but it's a choice. It's a behavior. It's not necessarily a person. So I bring that up because oftentimes, uh, especially on the different shows I'm on, parents will, it'll, something I'll say here, they'll ask their kid and they'll find out, man, my kid's the bully. How did that happen? How the heck did my kid become the bully? And of course, the parents, good parents always want to blame themselves. Well, things happen. And once again, it's a, it's a behavior. It's a choice. It's not a person. So anyway, Growing up, as you mentioned, I had chores like shoveling horse poop and baling hay and, uh, you know, I had to go out in the wintertime and break the ice so the horses could and cows could have water to drink. And to me, I just thought, well, everybody does this. Well, I found out that nobody does that. Matter of fact, uh, the middle school has got a chance to start going over to some friend's house, the city boys, and found out, heck, they didn't have to take out trash. And I'm like, what the heck? You don't have you don't you don't take out the trash. Your mom's taking out the trash. What? And you don't have to feed the dog. Well, I have to go out and do this. And it's, I'm not sounding like I'm at a pity party, but it was a real revelation to me. Right. And uh, so I wanted to start being a city kid because, well, why the heck do I have to do this when they don't have to do anything? And because of that, I realized not only was I different, but then I started noticing other differences. And that's when it really, a lot of self-bullying, and I, I talk about self-bullying, it's probably, well, the meanest, nastiest bully we'll ever face is the one here in our mind and the one we see in the mirror, the one we critique instead of looking and seeing, you know, all the beautiful things about ourselves, we point out the flaws hey, Rich, and the more we focus on the negative. That's the, oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Like, why do we all have a bully in our own minds? Well, the, the comparison game, um, yes. we talked about that, uh, before and, uh, was yes. it Teddy Roosevelt said, uh, comparison is the thief of joy meaning we are always comparing ourselves to yes. others. And I consider that it's bullying or in self-bullying. What I mean by that is if I say, dang, I'm never going to be as cool as Lisa. Gosh, she's beautiful. She's attractive. She's got all these followers. I'm never going to be that cool. Well, I've bullied myself and yeah. put myself down on the other side. If I say, well, I may not be as cool as Lisa, but gosh, darn it. At least I'm not as bad as that guy. Well, now I'm putting somebody else down and I'm lowering my standards right, saying, right. well, I'll never be this great, but at least I'm not this bad. 
no, that comparison game is an endless, endless game that we'll endless. never win at. So what do you do when you see, do you actually, do you see some of your students and the people that you work with doing that? And what do you do? How do you try and break that cycle? Well, it's, um, one of my mentors that I work with a lot, a guy named Chris Widener, and he had the opportunity to do a TV show with Zig Ziglar and had a best-selling book with Jim Rome. And his whole, what he always talks about, what he always brings up to me is that we focus on the things that we're struggling with the most. Now, I used to think, my gosh, who, how do I have the right to be talking about these things? I, I've still got some areas that I need to work out. And it's almost like anytime I talk about it, I would look over my shoulder, wondering if the hypocrite police are going to come and lock me up. How dare you talk about that? You don't have it all figured out. Right. Do but- you hear that, everybody? <laughs> Do you hear what Rich just said? It's really an important message. He was saying that, we focus on the things that we struggle the most on. This is really, I just want to make sure everybody's hearing this. This is a really important message. And the other message that he said right before that is also a very important message. And there's more than one way to compare ourselves to others. It's that person is better or I'm better than somebody else. Instead of just seeing the best in you and knowing where you want to be and how to get there and accepting that effort. And that commitment and dedication to wherever you want to be is enough. So these are really great messages here. Thank you, Rich. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I want to make sure that people are getting your message. No, I appreciate that because I have a tendency to ramble on. I I have a talking problem, says my second grade teacher. Rich, he talks too much. But (laughs) (laughs) You're still in second grade? What's that? <laughs> Are you still in second grade? <laughs> yes. Well, it, it, she called it. And uh, <laughs> actually, oh my gosh, it was about five years ago, I did a uh, presentation for a senior citizens group on self-protection and self-awareness. And lo and behold, my second grade teacher, after all these years, was in the crowd. Oh, and no. uh, we both started bawling and crying because I started oh. off. And I said, hey, all right, ladies, according to my teacher, uh, second grade teacher, Richie talks too much. So get ready. <laughs> and afterwards I'm walking around saying, oh, did, did, did you have any questions I can help you with? And one lady says, uh, who was your second grade teacher? And I said, Mrs. Dittman. And the lady goes, there's Mrs. Dittman. I'm like, oh my gosh, are my you kidding? Goodness. She goes, did I really say that? And I said, yeah, but here's another point. Sorry to kind of go off on this, but yeah. the impact and the influence that uh, we make in people, kids, uh, lives, we never know the full effect on that. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Dittman, the reason I remember her so much, not only because she said Richie talks too much. Every teacher said that. But uh, the fact that she came to one of my hockey games when I was seven years old in second grade, and she gave me a card. And I still have that card to this day. And it says, Richie, I, uh, you're a great hockey player. You're going to do great things. I believe in you. And that, that was, my gosh, 40-something years ago. Yes. So I, I, the the fact, and I became a PE teacher later, and I actually looked for Mrs. Dittman to try and find her. Uh, this, well, I can't be, Facebook wasn't around then, but uh, um, I couldn't. And lo and behold, I, I run into her in a speech, this, like I said, five or six years ago. Unbelievable. But that's the power of, uh, of, of impact that we all have. And uh, that's, you know, when we get in that comparison game, we forget about utilizing our God-given talents to be who we're born to be, and we're so focused on comparing ourselves, our highs and lows, to everyone else instead of being the gift that we are. So uh, Mrs. Dittman was the gift she was, and she spread that message, and I still have that card to this day. So my point is, influencers out there, my goodness, you never ha- you never know the impact you're making in people's lives. And recently, I was told by actually an assistant principal, Jenny, and she had said, don't get tired of doing the right thing. So if you're a parent or you're 
uh, a child or an adolescent and you're listening to this right now and you're tired of trying, you're tired of trying to get that bully to be quiet in your head where, you know, there's so much going on as a parent and we have so many demands as an educator that it's like, oh, we don't, you just get it yet. Don't get tired of doing the right thing because look at that story with Miss Dip with Mrs. Dipman, right? And awesome. Rich, Richie, right? From Richie. second grade. These are Richie lifelong lessons that people have and they take with us. So these days will be over and they will pass. But the lessons that you teach some of your children may always stay and continue. It's great message. Thank you for that, Rich. Mrs. Dipman, go, Miss Dipman. <laughs> Well, and, and then with that, um, knowing we we all get tired, we're human beings, we we, we run out of go-go. Uh, the example I like to give is you can't pour from an empty cup, meaning if your cup is empty, your pitcher's empty, you can't fill up anybody else. So we've got to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves with the right nutrition, plenty of sleep, exercise. And then of course, the most important thing is what we're planting in our mental garden. If we're planting garbage and negativity, you know, what we focus on magnifies. So if we think, oh, you know, the world's all terrible. Everybody's terrible. Everybody's a bully. Then that's all we're going to see because yeah. our mind is going to focus on what we think about the most. So we got to make sure that we're doing our very, very best. And when we get tired, just like when a computer gets tired, what do we have to do? We have to reset it. Restart it, right? Well, sometimes we need to restart ourselves. And I say that because I need to hear it just about as much as anybody else. And that's why I've got it written in my notes. Hey, time for a restart. <laughs> yes. We all need each other. You yes. know, we can have our best days and our best moments, but it's not always easy to stay up there. You know, we need we need to surround ourselves with like-minded, positive people who aren't afraid to say and give us that nudge of say, you know what, take a breath. Take, take, you know, take a step back, take a break. It's okay. You know, that's fantastic. When Lisa, one of the things I, I, another thing I talk about a lot is engines and anchors. You know, we've all got engines in our life. Engines are the ones that drive us, push us, motivate us, help us believe in ourselves and don't laugh and uh, poke fun at us when we're talking about our dreams and aspirations. They're the ones we need to have in our life. And on the other side, we've probably got a few anchors that we need to cut the, cut the rope from the anchors, drag us down, hold us down and keep us down. They're the ones that, uh, what do you think? Who, who do you think you are? How are you going to accomplish that? You're just a dumb farm boy. I say those things because their mental weeds have been planted years and years ago. And uh, I've, I've got to be aware of that. What goes on in here is what's going to come out of here. What you focus on magnifies. So that's another thing. And folks listening, uh, don't be afraid to get in your kids' lives there. Um, I, I mentioned often to speaking to the parents of teenagers, if they have a cell phone and you're paying for that cell phone, that is your phone. That means you have the right to look at that thing anytime you want. And if they've got nothing to hide, then they got nothing to fear, right? So make sure you look at that and see who they're surrounding themselves with because the doggone cell phones are too powerful for us as adults. They're far too powerful for kids. And that's where predators and uh, um, bullies and uh, groomers and other yucky people out there are using that to infiltrate their kids' lives. So poke in there. Uh, don't be afraid to do so. It's your device. Do you have any stories, Rich, that uh, some of the listeners can learn from when it comes to social media and um, or even phones? with bullying and what, what you would suggest? Yeah, we, uh, um, 
one of our students, he was uh, gosh, 14, 15 years old, shy kid. And a lot of times at our uh, students at our martial arts academy, I owned a martial arts academy for almost 30 years. Uh, we recently sold the academy to our senior student, our senior instructor. And I know you mentioned your brother has been in uh, martial arts for a long, long time. And he was the uh, the most senior student in his academy. Well, we sold our academy to our senior uh, student and uh, um, he's doing great things with it. But uh, we would talk about kind of what I put in our book here, the ABCs to become bullyproof. And A is awareness, awareness of what's going on around you, awareness. And it's one of the other things I would talk to, to ladies about in our self-empowerment workshops. Be aware of your, your surroundings. It doesn't mean you got to live paranoid, but you need to be aware of what's going on. When you're walking out to your car, be aware with your head up. You don't need to be on your cell phone, looking around, have your keys out and be aware that all four tires are inflated. Be aware when you look in uh, the back window of your car, get in there, lock the door immediately. Just some basic awareness tips and strategies. But at the same time, be aware of what your kids are looking at. Like I mentioned, it's your phone on social media. Well, we had a kid, he was 15 years old. And very shy kid. It was one of those that, uh, uh, and that, that's that's where you get a lot of kids at the academy that, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't have a lot of self confidence. And you, you you can see some kids will come in and you're like, oh my gosh, we've got to really well try and help all the kids, but this kid especially because he's vulnerable. He walks around looking like a victim, and oftentimes when you walk around looking like a victim, crying for help, well, you're you're gonna you're gonna attract the wrong crowd. Well, lo and behold, he was online talking to he thought it was a 14 year old girl and this conversation went on for the longest time the parents were telling us all this and the next thing you know it's a guy asking him to meet him someplace and uh, he didn't go fortunately enough but then the guy started sending obscene photos and pictures to him and finally got his parents involved his parents uh, could tell something was wrong because he was in his room more than than normal and uh, crying all the time writing horrible notes to himself because he thought he did something wrong well this person manipulated his little innocent mind is what happened and you hear of stories like that happening all the time but this was really personal because it was one of our students at the academy and of course i like dang what could i have done to prevent this from happening well we like to think that by us interjecting there is what really helped him from going and meeting this person because he started feeling like oh you know they talk about awareness at the martial arts academy and then his parents were so very grateful and uh, uh but it could have been a disaster and unfortunately we read about those things happening all the time. Thank you for that. Yes. What other um, experiences do you have and what other advice do you have when it comes to um, bullying or just even, do you even want to tell us what does bullying look like? Yeah, in bullying, the majority of the time, it starts off as, as uh, verbal, verbal or exclusion or shaming and, uh, or uh, on social media. Now, the reason bullying is I mean, it's been around since the first two brothers, I like to say, walked the face of the earth, Cain and Abel, and that didn't end very well for either one of them, right? Yeah, uh, one dies and the other one has a life of misery. Bullies are, are, are generally unhappy people. And like I mentioned, they, they shouldn't call them a bully. It's it's a behavior, but they're unhappy. Hurt people hurt others. So when 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 people are hurt or not feeling good about themselves, that's when they lash out because they want others, unfortunately, to feel that pain. So what parents uh, like to say, look for it, the A in our ABCs to become bullyproof is awareness. Just be aware of your child's behavior. 
uh, be aware of who they're surrounding themselves with, be aware of what they're spending their time on. And then uh, B is the believe in yourself with your bullyproof armor. I'll touch on that in a second, but we'll fast forward to the C communicate clearly and confidently. And the communication parents, when, when you pick your kids up from school or when, when you chat with them, don't just say, Hey, how was your day? Fine. Okay. Moving on. No, dig in a little deeper. What what does that mean? Fine. I I don't know what that means. Uh, tell me something good that happened. Tell me something that, you know, maybe that was bad or tell me something you didn't like. Now, when you first do this, it's going to take some prying, but just like anything else, the the more it becomes a, like a habit or a pattern of, of asking these questions and doing these things, one, you're going to open up a better relationship with your kiddos and you're going to find out because if kids aren't able to come to you with small problems, they sure as heck aren't going to come to you with big problems because they haven't been conditioned to do so. So that C, communicate clearly and confidently. And, and, and what you'll find, parents, is one, like I mentioned, you're going to have a better relationship with your kiddos. And, and second, but you're going to learn a lot from them because I've got three kids of my own. Uh, my oldest son will be 23 at the end of this week, and a 20 year old, or my daughter will be 20, and my uh, youngest son is 14 years old. And and I would love to lie to you and say that I've always been great at communicating. I haven't been. Uh, my my wife's been a gym <laughs> and reminded me to do that. Uh, I was unfortunately, and for your entrepreneurs out there, here's a little shot for you. You'll never remember what work you were working on when you didn't spend time with your kids but you always regret not spending time with your kids. So uh, think about that one. Cause I remember Austin would be 23 now uh, coming to me. Hey dad, can we play? Can we play? Oh, you know what? In a minute, buddy, let daddy finish this in a minute. And he'd run away and come back. Oh, has it been a minute yet? buddy, just another minute. Well, I have no idea what the heck was so important I was working on, but I haven't forgotten about that. So a little, little side note, uh, parents, yeah, be well, aware of that as well. It's not easy. You know, we have so many choices and we, we want to please everybody and do yep. everything. And you know, what seems like a priority then and later on, you're like, oh, what was I thinking? But you know, that parent guilt is, is really tough to get through sometimes, you know, but that's the way I bully myself now. So I need to do a better right. job, but I talk about it often to uh, hopefully help out some younger entrepreneurs out there that might be doing the same thing. And uh, you know what? Tomorrow I'll spend more time with my kiddos. You know what? Don't, don't, don't do it. Just take the time now, shut it down. You're not going to regret it. And you're probably going to come back to your troubles or struggles or whatever you're working on more refreshed than you were when you left. <laughs> yeah. It's really good advice. Thank you. So tell us more about, um, how you shift and maybe stop that cycle, that negative thinking. Well, in the, um, it, it seems like once you get in a spiral out of control, regardless of what that is, and I, I call it the bully within, the meanest, nastiest bully we'll ever face is the one in our mind, the one we see in the mirror, you know, the one we, we pick ourselves apart by every, all our flaws. Well, once you start down that path, if you don't do something to break the cycle, it's just going to continue to spiral out of control. And it could be as simple as I, I know I'll get locked into working on a book or working on a, a preparing for a podcast or whatever it is. And before I know it, the time has gone. I'm like, my gosh, have I really been doing this for four hours? I haven't even gotten up yet. So <laughs> I'm going to show you what I've got here. Now, I'd love to say it works every time, but it's a little hourglass. All right. So. And I, it, here's the crazy thing. It, it was lost for a while. I had put it somewhere else and I'm like, so I, I dug through and found it. But the point is a lot of times you just got to break the matrix, so to speak, and get up and, and change the, change the channel. And a lot of times I know with social media, we get in the habit of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And you're like, Holy cow. How long have I been on this thing? Right. And it, it just goes, it's a time suck, but obviously the, 
social media, the channel providers, they do that for a reason. You know, the same people that design the like button, the same people that design casinos in Las Vegas, because you get stuck in this monotonous trance. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because we adults are struggling with that. Can you imagine our kids sure. who have grown up not we grew up knowing life without cell phones they have not so as tough as that is for us it's it's tough for them as well so the remedy is somehow you just got to set a timer to break the matrix and i've got mine set it well and i override it from time to time but 15 <laughs> minutes after 15 minutes i get an alert that says hey you've maxed your time out or you're, you're done do you want to extend it now if i'm in the middle of something i extend it but uh, it's still that breaks it up just a little bit. Um, I, I, my kids always like the movie. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. And you think about when they go into that. Uh, what do they have in those? Well, what goodness gracious, lotus flowers and time just passes on by. Right. They're yep. in there for five or six days. It's like, how is that possible? Yep. Well, unfortunately, sometimes that happens with uh, what we're working on it, good or bad. And I talked about the, in our mind, we got the uh, little part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And the reticular activating system is a filter that filters out. And we have what, 80, 90,000 thoughts a day. Well, we'd go nuts if we tried to focus on all those. So it filters out the majority of the things, but it focuses in on what we're thinking about the most. An example I like to give, um, well, if you, just say you bought a new dress and now suddenly you're seeing your new dress everywhere. And it's like, what the heck? I know I'm cool and all, and, and everybody wants to look yeah. like me, but really were all these dresses there? No, they weren't. Or if you bought a new car, now you see your car everywhere. It's because now it's something you're focusing on and your reticular activating system is non-biased in any way, shape or form, good or bad, whatever you feed it, whatever you want. So in other words, if you're having a bad day, it's going to, and you're going to say, man, I'm just having a bad day. Your mind says, okay, Rich, you want a bad day? I'll give you a bad day. Crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like, you, yeah, when you, that happens to me when a car is, if I notice a car, then all of a sudden I'm noticing all those cars on the road. Like where are they all coming from? All of a sudden they're all white too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, it's like the old thing I, I went to a Tony Robbins conference uh, recently, or recently, a few years ago. And he talked about, all right, I want you to look at all, uh, I want you to close your eyes and visualize everything that you saw that was red. And you open your eye, you're like, red, red, red. And he goes, now, tell me what you saw that was blue. And you're like, well, I wasn't thinking about blue. I can't see blue. It's because we focused on the red. But um, anyway, that's how the mind works, good or bad. And I like to say our mind is our most fertile garden on the planet. You know, if we plant things in a fertile garden, what's going to happen? It's going to grow. Well, same thing with our mind. And uh, if we want those, I say, those luscious, beautiful, succulent strawberries that we can pour whipped cream and sugar and chocolate on top, then we got to plant strawberry seeds in order to have the strawberry plant. If we plant onion seeds, we're getting onions, baby. We're not getting strawberries. So same okay. thing. We plant negativity and ugliness and self-doubt and limiting beliefs. And I can't. Well, we're going to get more of that. If we plant, I can, I will, I am, I believe in me. We're going to get more of that as well. Which really then supports what you were saying when you said that we really focus on the things that we struggle on the most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, mean, I could almost say that's unfair. Well, that's just the reality of things. We can you know cry about it all day long or we can try and find a solution. And the solution, and folks, you've been listening to Lisa, obviously there's a solution for you. You know, I talk about on my podcast all the time, you found value, 
please share it. You found value in this, please share it. And why? One, you're helping somebody else that may be struggling with a problem that you're struggling with. Two, kind of overall goal of uh, um, influencers and people that are trying to help out others is to make society a better place to live. And if more people are getting empowered with positivity and how to help themselves become bullyproof, how to help themselves become better parents or better individuals all, all uh, together, well, gosh darn, isn't that, if you could do that for somebody else, isn't that going to make everybody's life better? Doggone right. Exactly. I love it. Tell us about your book. Okay. Well, I've got uh, actually two. Uh, the one that launched uh, last year became an Amazon bestseller. It's Becoming Bullyproof. It's, uh, if you can see on the picture there, kind of the, oh, there we are. That, yeah. That's the defeated posture. That's the the little Richie when I was a kid. And then there's, you know, Master Grogan 40 years later. But essentially, that was me all along. But this was not believing in myself. And now this is believing in myself. It's kind of that uh, shadow. Our shadow is back there saying, hey, you can, you will, you, you can do this. And of course, the defeated posture, walking around with your, your head down in a defeated posture, look, I can't do anything. I'm worthless. I'm no good. Nobody likes me. Man, oh man, you feed that. That's what's going to dominate your life. Um, and oftentimes the, the C they mentioned earlier, communicate clearly and confidently, which helps the B, the ABCs work together, uh, is when you walk around to like, all right, I am somebody, I am worthy, I am a gift. And I'm not saying be arrogant and cocky about it, but have those shoulders back, have that head up, and you're going to project positivity. And that's going to help with that B, believing in yourself to what I call strengthen your bullyproof armor. And your bullyproof armor, and essentially, we would never go out in public without our clothes on why it's improper we wouldn't do it well i'm encouraging you don't ever go out in public again without your bullyproof armor on because society is going to throw negative arrows at you and they try and attack the two most vulnerable parts your heart and your mind and i say the most vulnerable because if you have a big heart you want to help others you lay it out there there's a chance that somebody's going to try and slice it up and then your mind as i mentioned is the meanest bully we'll ever face somebody uh, you know, example with your podcast, you get thousands of likes and you get one person that throws a negative negative at you. You're like, dang, what could I have done better? And right. I'm the same way. And we all are. Right. Why do we focus so much on the one negative and eliminate all the thousands of positives? I and some love people to say, know the why. Is well, it? some people say that, well, it's because you want to be better. Yes, I want to be better. But we have no idea what that person was going through at that time and hurt people hurt others. So someone seeing you successful and they're jealous of that. And most bullying comes from jealousy and envy. Yeah. Then they're going to do something to try and bring you down. It's not helping them, but they think, well, at least I'm not the only one suffering. <laughs> it's, it's really a vicious cycle. It's, it's, I've seen a lot of it. It's a vicious cycle and they have a real tough time with just telling the truth, you know, just owning up to well, true stuff. Right. It's truth hurts. And then what happens is I think over time, I've seen them really believe what they've created to be reality. And and that's well, once again, what you plant in the mental garden is going to grow. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, society has a way of you know, think about in, your, in a regular garden, that most fertile soil. Well, if you don't weed out the weeds, that weeds are going to suffocate anything positive. So regardless of what you try and plant. And unfortunately, the weeds are going to suffocate it. And I, and I mentioned weeds because I've got some weeds back when I was a kid that are still in there. And I think, man, I've dug those doggone weeds up. Why are they resurfacing right. again? Well, unfortunately, those weeds are not only deep rooted, but they've cut scars in the mind. And when you're feeling not your best, obviously, those scars are the ones that are going to open up the most. So to kind of counter that, 
Uh, this is the latest book. It, it just launched four or five months ago. It's a little kid's affirmation book. I believe in me. Wow. And uh, what this is all about, kind of, the, I took every letter of the alphabet. I don't know if you can see it on the yeah, screen there. Good. Yeah, you got the S. I am strong. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I am strong and I stand up for myself and others. I'm T, a trustworthy and always tell the truth. But I took every letter of the alphabet and uh, when it's teaching little kids the alphabet, and along with teaching them the alphabet, it's teaching them a positive affirmation to go along with that. So it's not a matter of if, but when somebody tries to bully them, now they have already strengthened their bullyproof armor. Now they've already solidified their mind with the positive of, I believe in me, uh, I am brave and bold. I am courageous and confident. I am determined to do my best. Nice. Those are a few of the letters. Yeah. So it's empowering them right off the bat. Because once again, kids, they're little sponges. You know, their minds just absorb everything. So let's help them absorb positivity, positive affirmations. I believe in me. So not a matter of if, but when somebody comes along and tries to tell them they're stupid, they're dumb, they're fat, they're ugly, they're uh, they're poor, they're uh, whatever they try and throw at them. No, I am brave. I am confident. I am amazingly awesome. So they've got that foundation built. I want to talk That's the more. goal behind that. I'm interested in hearing what uh, you have to say about this. Because um, these weeds can take over. Because when people who are hurt or really a lot of it, like you said, comes from jealousy because they're so busy comparing themselves to others and they can't handle the differences in their own mind, if they even are of reality, I think that they they come up with the idea of, okay, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to act it. So that becomes bullying behavior. And then even if the other person um, that they're target, if you will, does the right thing for the right reasons, it doesn't make that behavior stop. They need to take action. So there's two parts to my question. So do you believe that they need to take some kinds of action? The person being attacked or bullied? Yeah, is the person being Absolutely. attacked. Yeah. So bullying, uh, it, it starts up the majority of time, as I mentioned. It, it starts off as uh, verbal or exclusion, name calling, shaming, all those things. And if nothing's done to stop it, unfortunately, the bully is no longer getting the high they were before of just the name calling or just the shaming or just to uh, excluding. Now they got to take it up a notch. So majority of the time, if nothing's done to stop it there, it does turn to physical. And then the physical, what ends up happening is it gets to the point that sooner or later, someone is going to lose control and someone's going to get hurt. Uh, seriously. You know, I I like to say a lot of times school shootings is a a victim who's packed all that anger, all that aggression, all that rage in and has never let it out, has never communicated clearly, has never talked about it. And then suddenly they feel like there's nothing I can do. There is absolutely nothing I can do. So I'm going to explode and take it out. Now we've all we've all had explosions before and what happens we packed it all in and it finally the pressure cooker explodes and it never happens on probably the intended party it's always some somebody else that suffers the wrath of our our anger right uh sometimes i get frustrated and you know my my wife i'm like gosh dang it and i'm like oh what am i doing here you know why do we take it out on the people that are the most innocent and vulnerable it's it's well i don't know the answer to that something something up here but my point is, if it's not stopped, it gets to a point it explodes. And I kind of mentioned to you off camera there that uh, one of the things I was being bullied and I never did anything about it. And my dad, who was a, is a Vietnam vet, and all he knew was 
on a war and he finally told me, look, unless you do something to stop it, it's going to continue getting worse. Well, I'd packed it all in. And unfortunately I had a Ralphie Christmas story moment and hurt a kid pretty bad. And uh, now that scared me to death where I didn't want to ever do that again. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And then worse than that, my dad was like, well, what, what, what'd you do that for? I'm like, well, you told me to, he goes, no, I told you to hit the kid, not to put him in the hospital. Well, I didn't know the difference. It took me a long time to kind of process all that which is why we go back to that communication right if there's you a gosh problem darn school, right. we want to talk with the teachers we want to talk with the guidance counselors we want to talk to a safe adult yep. rather than acting out physically we want to talk with people there and have them help us if we can't seem to verbally stop right that type of behavior that's being targeted toward us right yeah and the the, the talk about a little thing called the 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 bullyproof game and the bully proof, verbal bullyproof game and the verbal bullyproof game is almost like the silly little thing we had when we were kids i am rubber you're glue whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you and i know it sounds silly but that's pretty much what it is if you have believed enough in yourself and parents this doesn't happen just by itself and kids listening it's something you have to work at just like anything else you know if you want to get stronger you got to lift the weights you want to get smarter you got to read the books well if you want to develop your bullyproof armor you got to work on building your confidence up through affirmations through believing in yourself through getting i call the negative weeds out of the mental garden and the best way for that is anything that's negative like called weed seeds and trees and right at the top weeds and anything somebody's ever said about you negatively, you know, I am dumb. I am fat. I am slow. I'm uh, stupid, whatever. Get that stuff out of your mind because those five things are circling around and they seem like there are a hundred things, get them out, write it down and then look at it and think, I'm not stupid. What in the heck cross it off. And it's like pulling a weed out of the garden. Now it's gone. And next thing, no, I'm not. You cross all those things off as a way of getting them out of here. Then the seeds column, you write all the things opposite of that. I am smart because I, I know how to read. I am smart because I got an A on my test. I am smart or I, I am good looking or whatever you want to say. I am uh, uh, I'm good looking because I have nice hair. I, I've, I've got beautiful eyes. Anything to try and distract from that negative thought. And that's a seed you're planting in your mind. And then the trees are past successes, anything you've done in the past that has come to fruition. Uh, but the whole idea behind that is you're getting the negative out of here and you're writing it out on paper. You're looking at it to see exactly how foolish that really is. Right. And then visual. you're crossing it off visual because, yeah. you know, like I mentioned, the five thoughts that they're, they're spinning out of control. And now they seem like 50 and now 500 thoughts, which right. is basically five yucky things, get them out. But uh, that, that's, that's the work you have to do in order to strengthen that bullyproof armor. And how that leads in the verbal bullyproof game is when someone says something negative about you, I mean, you could play a little game and say, uh, Rich, I don't like your hair. Well, I'm sorry. I wish I had hair as cool as yours. Lisa could maybe <laughs> give me some tips, you know? So you're playing like kind of the Jedi. I don't know mind about long hair on you, Rich. I'm not sure. If it's <laughs> really your thing. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, but instead of getting combative, you're, you're yeah. trying to, uh, um, defuse and de-escalate the yeah. situation and no and i like to say bullies don't like to play a game they can't win so if they're not winning the game they're going to go on to somebody else and you know what i think happens too is that it's a funny thing i think that when people it's been my experience actually that when people want to target somebody and they don't give them anything to work with like as if you know you're not bothering me i'm just going to go yep. do whatever but they've made up their mind to really continue to make that person a target. I've seen these people bring in everyone else around them. And now that target doesn't even know what's going on, but they're passing people, people looking at them different and not talking to them the same. 
It's almost like covert bullying. Yeah, and, and that just you saying that it, it, that hurts the heart because it's so true. I mean, think about an incident. We've all experienced it, either as a, as the victim, the bully, or a bystander. So the bully is calling the other person name, and everybody's standing around, and everyone standing around feels gross about it. You feel yucky. You feel hurt. But everybody's also thinking, gosh, dang, I wish somebody would stand up for Lisa. Well, be that person that stands up. But the reason most people don't, they are more fearful of the bully turning on them than they are losing a friend. And uh, um, and that's that's the hurtful thing, because you'll say later, Lisa, or you'll say, Rich, why didn't you stick up for me? Well, um, you, you know, um, you, uh, and then if it gets bad enough, I'm going to say, well, you probably deserved it anyway. Right. What? Exactly. That's the justification mentality and the line of thinking. And then that bully usually has a, they have as dysfunctional as it is. I've seen them actually have very good social skills. So they align themselves with decision makers. They align themselves with people who are influencers themselves. So it kind of like they have their own different armor. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, absolutely. And it, it it all stems from fear. Everybody is so afraid. We've given so much power to the bully that we are afraid now they're going to turn on us because they, we see what they've done to others and right. we see the influence and the power they have. Right. So it's, and unfortunately it gets to a situation where it's like, gosh, darn, I feel sorry for you, Lisa, but better you than me. So think about that. Now, now you've got this target. Everybody's talking about them, you know, covertly. And you could just tell something's not right. Yep. How do you take action on that in that type of situation? Well, and, and then yeah, I'm going to sidebar for just a second because we just had an incident down here. Uh, I'm in Florida now. I moved to Florida uh, two years ago. And we're a, um, a, a goalie, a hockey goalie. I help I work with hockey teams, so I'm blessed. I was always want to be a pro hockey player. Yay. Now I get to work with hockey teams. So anyway, <laughs> um, kind of a sad uh kind of uh, um, introduction to this program was uh, uh, this hockey organization was a a 16 year old girl took her own life due to bullying. And what happened was and parents back to the phone thing, um, these things, I I, I keep beating this up because it's, that's part of please as a parent communicate with your kids and look at that device. Well, she had sent uh, her boyfriend wanted pictures of her, you know, without any clothes on. So she sent pictures to him because he was threatening to break up with him, break up with her if he if she didn't do it. Well, what he ended up doing, he promised he wouldn't share it with everybody else. Well, he did. He shared it with everybody. And it, I, I talk about things on social media or digital tattoo. They're there forever. They yeah. are never going away. Yeah. So parents be aware of that. Well, what happened was she started getting shamed by everybody and everybody's calling her a slut and all these other horrible names and this and that. And she was just trying not to lose her boyfriend. Obviously it was a poor choice, but she got to the point where everybody was what you're talking about, Lisa, kind of turning on her and shaming her and calling her names and there were attacks coming from everywhere. Her parents never knew any of this, never knew any of it. And a lot of times parents are, well, how could they not know? Well, if you, if you if you don't talk to your kids, you're not going to know these things are going on. And that's why I say they're not going to come to you for big problems if you haven't established that foundation for them to come to you with small problems. So keep that communication open. Well, in, in the end, she ended up taking her own life. And then all this this discovery phase came out. And it's like, holy smokes. So the, the it sounds like a, a, I keep going back to the communication, but that is the key. You've got to talk to them. Um, and then. I just finished a book not too long ago. It's called The Teenage Brain. 
Right. Holy smokes. It was, and, and the lady talked about his great book. She says, my daughter's smiling and happy when her hand hits her door handle, but before she's in the, her room, she's in a full fledged panic attack, crying and screaming and having temper tantrum. What the heck happened by her turning the handle to go in her room? Well, that's the teenage brain. <laughs> but the, the whole point of that was, it, 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 and if you can think back when we were teenagers, my goodness, the, the, the struggles, the troubles and everything we went through, but we didn't have the troubles they have right now with this social media and the devices they have. So that just compounds the uh, the problems. So that even means more of when we need to talk to them, we need to put restrictions on, you know, maybe the time they're on those devices and find out who their friends are. Right. Rich, I really feel like we really helped um, talk about a lot of different issues here. I think we really highlighted um, some of your resources and line of thinking about bullying and perception really of, of ourselves and others. Um, I'm going to make sure that the links that you have to your books are on the description below and, awesome. uh, just, you know, any last words, anything that you feel like we, uh, we missed that really our listeners need to hear, um, or last minute advice. Yeah. The, um, uh, biggest thing, and I'm kind of actually going through a little bit of a rebrand right now on uh, the uh, to encompass everything under it, not only the bully proof, but uh, helping athletic teams with athletes because uh, athletes, unfortunately, they take their lives at a, an alarming rate as well of the the comparison factor, you know, of, of not uh, sure. I'm never going to be as good a skater or a shooter as this person or, or goalies. So it's confidence. Uh, and our, our new brand is warrior confidence and the warrior confidence is all about developing that inner warrior, that inner strength to come out, to believe in yourself, to have the confidence to stand up for yourself, for others. But, uh, um, and a big reason for that, it was one of the number one things I talked about at the martial arts Academy. Number one things I talk about in my book and one of the number one things to talk about in, in speeches and presentation is that confidence. And if, uh, um, it's, it's one of the, I guess the hashtag words, it's it's up there in the billions of what people are looking for is confidence. So that confidence is what strengthens that bullyproof armor. That confidence is what makes you walk around with an aware purpose. That confidence is what allows you to communicate clearly and confidently with your kids. You know, you're like, well, I, I don't want to bother them. No, no. Be confident and believe in yourself to project that onto your kids. So uh, that's kind of uh, whatever you can do to help empower and instill that confidence and that belief in yourself is going to help out in in so many different ways not only your awareness not only your belief in yourself but also your communication oh and uh you think about if, if you're having trouble at work right if you don't have the confidence to stand up for yourself that bullying at work and maybe you don't call it bullying but if someone is trying to uh, manipulate you or take advantage of you or use a power trip against you they're they're, they're they're bullying you so i have that confidence to believe in yourself that's fantastic everyone i want you to check out his books go click those links Share this episode with the people in your own life, in your own network. I think it's going to be really worth their time. Thank you for joining us. Remember to like this episode, share it, and subscribe if you haven't already. Make it a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning. To bring workshops to your school or organization, contact Child Behavior Consulting and get started with resources available at childbehaviorconsulting.com, Amazon, and teacherspayteachers.com for ready-to-use resources and children's books. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to review, subscribe, share, and give us a shout-out on social media.